What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Team Chat Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined to my right by Rachel Mogan. How's it going? Pretty good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. Good, good, good. <laughs> and uh, nobody to my left. Zach couldn't make it tonight because he is working diligently on his feature film. So big We're project. very proud of him. I know it. I know it. It's, I've never made a feature film. <laughs> He's legit now. I know. He's hashtag legit. I know. Seriously. So anxiously looking forward to that. But in case you did not know, Team Chat Podcast is a video game podcast where we talk about games, the ones we love, the ones we hate, and everything in between. If you want to get in contact with us, you can do that by sending us an email at teamchatpodcast at gmail.com, following us on Twitter, liking us on Facebook, and subscribing to our iTunes and YouTube channels. If you want to support the show, you can do that as well by going to patreon.com slash teamchatpodcast, where for as little as a dollar a month, you can support the show, and in return, we will give you a cool perk, like getting the episodes early before their general Tuesday release, and access to our private Team Chat Podcast Discord server. Okay, so we have a couple updates to our song contest. So last episode, nobody had correctly guessed a Fuchsia's hint that she gave from two weeks ago. Still, nobody wound up guessing that one. So the game that she gave the song for was Fantasy Life. I have never played Fantasy Life. I have not either. And I've see, never even heard of it before. I've seen enough of it that I think if I actually played it, I would probably love it, but I've never touched it. If I'm yeah. not mistaken, it's for the 3DS. So uh, naturally, so you would, would, not have, I would not have. I don't it. think they put it on the Vita. Sorry, buddy. Mm, but the Vita's so great. <laughs> mm, point for anything but the Vita. <laughs> Vita's pretty much dead. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> That's the real question. When is Sony going to come out and be just like, we messed up? Officially be like, we're dead. <laughs> we're, we're done. St- sorry, Vita's off. <laughs> uh, they're still just like playing around with that thing. Who knows when that's going to happen? Um, but uh, but yeah, so the song was Night of a Quiet Town. So you can check that out on your leisure. And then just to get everything evened up and, and out of the way so we're caught up to date, The nobody's guessed my song here from last week either as the time of this recording but they still got time. The new ep- This episode hasn't... Well, it's out now, but as we're recording, they still got time. So really, so, they don't have time. So they don't have time if you're listening to this right now. But uh, the game that mine was from, which the hint for that was Don't Let the Multiplayer Distract You from Crushing the Kremlings. And the game was Donkey Kong 64. The song was the monkey rap at the beginning of the game. And as Jarrett just discovered uh, at the beginning of recording this episode, when I listened to the song, I have actually never played a Donkey Kong game. You are missing out. I know. This is one of the few times I get to tell you you're missing out. And that actually really dings my Nintendo cred. Like, that's not cool. No, it's (laughs) not cool at all. Donkey Kong is awesome, and I have always loved Donkey Kong. I should be ashamed. I say it again. I think I'm I'm a bigger fan of Donkey Kong than I am of Mario. Ooh, fighting words. I, I mean, I can already tell you that is not the case for me. Well, I know that, but I mean, for me, that's what it, that's what it is. Because I mean, like obviously, Donkey Kong Country is one of my favorite games. Played hours upon hours, especially the the minecart. I forget the name of the level. Ding in my fandom there, but uh, uh, oh God, coal mine crazy. I can't remember. But anyway, this one in it on Donkey Kong Country, incredibly hard level. I actually replayed that game. A buddy of mine gave me an emulator of oh, Donkey Kong Country cool. for my Mac. So I actually played it on the computer. That sounds wrong. It was really I don't wrong. I think that's and right. It took me a long time to get used to those controls. That's not okay. Uh, but so no. So that was like the only reason I wanted to buy an SES, SNES Classic was because gotcha. of, of To be that. able to play it on its originally intended format. Right. But I I didn't wind up buying one because I actually have an old, cons- old SNES to use your Naming That's convention. the right naming convention. SNES uh, just makes sense. And so I'm like, oh, I'll just buy Donkey Kong Country eventually for it. But, uh, but no, Donkey Kong 64 was great. But my hit came from because I never played the actual game because every time I play it at a friend's house, we only played the multiplayer because the multiplayer was awesome. Oh, gotcha. So. All right. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. So there it is. Donkey Kong Country or Donkey Kong 64, actually. 
All right. So our main topic this week, or what we want to talk about, which are, I guess we'll start with Moment with Mogan because it really kind of goes into and leads into some of the stuff that we're going to be talking about today. Uh, so, before, well, our main topic is we're going to be talking about something that we've touched on a lot but never actually delve into, and that is what's up with Xbox, Microsoft, and their Xbox exclu- exclusives. For you know the last year, they've been very low on them. It doesn't seem to be getting much better for what's coming up for 2018. So we really wanted to go in with some recent news that's come up also and kind of have a more in-depth conversation into what is Xbox's plan. But it'd first, be very gossipy. It very, is very, very gossipy. <laughs> but first, let's get a little bit of news. All right. So coming up soon and or out now, we have Battalion 1944 PC Early Access came out February 1st, in addition to Final Fantasy XII, The Zodiac Age for PC. So those were both February 1. Uh, Night in the Woods and SteamWorld Dig, both for the Switch, also out February 1st. Nice. And then coming soon, of course, Shadow of the Colossus. Ah, yeah. PS4 Remastered Edition, February 6th. Civilization VI. Rise and Fall for PC February for 6th. And then a little bit further down the line, we've got Dragon Quest Builders for the Switch February 9th. Nice. I am very excited for the Civilization VI Rise and Fall because, uh, I mean, obviously it's Civilization It's so an I'm expansion, excited. right? It's an expansion, so it gives a whole a way more uh, civilizations and leaders to be and to choose from. And uh, this time they're actually introducing Robert the Bruce of Scotland. Oh, how fancy, sir. I so I was like, uh, yes, please. <laughs> that was. I, I know this is a little off topic, but in the Overwatch League the other night, uh, one of the team's Zenyatas was just fragging out, like doing yeah. great. And, of course, all of Zenyatta's voice lines are very like, peace be upon you. Right. And one of the commentators was like, you know, I don't think he really means that. <laughs> He's like Gandhi from He's Civilization. <laughs> and they, they, so, made, yeah. they made that... Uh, What's it called? That equivalent. They yeah. were like, he's. You, he says that he's all about peace and love, but that it's nuclear war all day, every day. Hell yeah. And That's the like, Gandhi what way. a great shout out. It is a great shout out. <laughs> I've actually been playing a lot of Zenyatta lately in Overwatch. Good. He's very meta. And he always has been. Zenyatta's always been good. He's always been my, my favorite support to play. And just got, well, because Blizzard World came out and there was the big cosmetic update that came right. out a couple of weeks ago. Um, and so I was like, I want to get into it, try to get some of those new skins and different things like that. And, uh, which I did wind up buying Roadhog's new one. You the would. Butcher. One. It's so so basic. It's so Hashtag badass. basic. Well, I like Diablo 3. That's what I know. From, you know. It's great. But yeah, so I wound up playing a little, little bit more and, uh, and I was just like, yeah, I'll play some Zenyatta. And man, I was doing good with him. So for anybody that doesn't know, as of this episode airing, it'll have been about a week since the Mercy and Junkrat nerfs true. came through. And it kind of sucks if you they play really a lot of Mercy. Mercy. But everybody else, as far as the Junkrat nerfs are concerned, it's so much better. Yeah. <laughs> like, everything is just better now that he Junkrat's got always seemed like a kind of an OP character for me. Yeah. Um, just because he can throw out those explosive mines, he can trap you. It's just, I don't I don't know. He's always just been a pain in my ass to me. Yeah. And so, to, at least where they're just now, because isn't it all they're doing is they're just eliminating the amount of damage that farther opponents, his explosive mines don't do as much damage to everybody. Correct. They have a lot more fall-off damage, That's which good. is That's really good. helpful. So now 
now he can't get quite as in your face, which makes sense because he's meant to be more of a ranged defensive character. So he's still a which huge... Which is how no one ever plays And him. he's still a huge threat. I mean, if you're in an enclosed space with him, he's just as dangerous as he always was. Yep. But now, if you're a pharaoh or a mercy flying around up in the sky, he can't just throw a bomb up there and it instantly gets you out of the sky, oh, which yeah. is, that's how it should be. Right. You should be able to counter him if you're an aerial-based character or a long-range character. Right. So anyway, so yeah, so big changes coming there. Uh, so one of the other couple, or another quick one is they also just released a day of this recording that the Switch has officially outsold the Wii U. Which if we it's were, entire life cycle. Yeah, it's entire which is life crazy. cycle. So I just want to preface this by saying I kind of thought that it already happened. <laughs> like uh, because of the explosive success of the squ- right. Switch, I'm actually and the dismal failure of the Wii U, I'm a little surprised that it had to take until now. Yeah. Because it's almost been out for a year, pretty much. Yeah, almost. But About still, a that's that. a very impactful milestone for the Switch to get to, and it just shows how strong sales continue to be, which oh, is yeah. good news for any fan of Nintendo. Better sales mean better games further down the line. So, super fingers crossed. And then I'm not sure if we talked about it last week, I don't think we did, but me and Fuchsia, uh, one of our big fans, big fan of Animal Crossing, Mm -hmm. are jointly freaking out on Twitter because Nintendo super sneakily just filed a new Animal Crossing-related copyright. What? Why would they do that? Unless... I have an aside. Yeah, obviously that means that something's coming. I have a small aside on this, which I'm very proud of. So Did you I, play an Animal Crossing game? No. Oh, okay. I was, like, this was a couple months ago, I oh, feel like, okay. by now. But I was perusing the Reddits. And happened upon somebody on there, uh, I think in the Nintendo Switch subreddit or something like that. And somebody had said that they were in Japan and saw a advertisement for for Animal Crossing. And it had the Switch logo on it. Ooh. And I came over because I knew, like, like Fuchsia and a couple other people on our Discord are big fans of Animal Crossing, you and, and all that stuff. And I shared that. And Fuchsia was like, I don't think that's true because I haven't seen stuff. Oh. I can go find it in the Discord history. Ooh. I'm pretty sure it's there. But Stay so now I, I, I saw that and I was like, that. <laughs> I don't think I even Justified. saw it. Justified. Justified. <laughs> <So>. Hashtag vindicated. <laughs> <laughs> so I felt, I was like, ooh, it's like I broke early the, news. Or this other person yeah, found the news and I just talked about you it. You just gossiped about just, it later. I just, you know, secondhand, but it's but like still, I was, so for source. any fans of Animal Crossing, that is very encouraging news to yes. see because it was a copyright copyright based for the Switch, which almost certainly means that they will, fingers crossed, I hope I'm not jinxing it, uh, launch an Animal Crossing title on the Switch itself, which is all we want, Nintendo. And actually, in a recent survey of Japanese consumers, Nintendo found that Animal Crossing was the number one desired game among the Japanese consumer base for the Switch. I mean, that makes sense. So it's, re- it's the number one. It's yeah. the most wanted one. So if they don't put out a new title, again, that would just be terrible planning on Nintendo's part. Yeah, for sure. And then in the long term, uh, everybody was really excited about Anthem, of course. Yes. And the news has just dropped that Anthem has officially been uh, pushed back to release for 2019. Right. Which I kind of assumed was going to happen yeah, anyway. Yeah, it looks like a massive game, and massive games like that 
always they never meet the deadline. No. They always need more time, and that's fine. It's just that this is expected news, and fans right. or prospective fans of Anthem will have to wait a little bit longer for that. Well, and the being that the first we ever heard about this game was E3 2017. Yeah, it's like come on. Like you, you're gonna announce it one year and then say it's coming out the next. No, no. Like and as big as massive as you're gonna try to make this game to be, and I know we mentioned this a little bit before, but the fallout of Battlefront Two definitely had an impact on this because you know yeah. with just like from what you saw the game and how they announced and talked about the game of Anthem, how it was going to be so multiplayer integrated, you know, you're obviously going to have suits and armor and different things you can get. That thing was going to be loaded down with microtransactions. And you know that after the fallout of, of Battlefront 2 came out that they were like, ooh, we got to rethink this. Speaking of, did we already mention the Mario news? No, we didn't. Ah, so that's a really good segue because they also just released that Mario Odyssey outsold Battlefront 2 on every platform. Yep, so combined. Mario, PS4, yeah, combined. PC, and Xbox com- Battlefront 2 combined, Mario Odyssey still outsold it, which yeah. is which is really crazy. That's really, I mean, that's just It's crazy on two points. I mean, everybody already knew it was a massive failure just because of the incredibly negative fallout. Well, they also also said that the original Battlefront sold around 13 million units, and this one's only sold nine. That is just harsh, harsh, harsh. harsh. That's harsh. And who knows, maybe it's actually not that deserved, that level of failure, but maybe it is. So here's the thing. Quick aside before we get to our main topic here. I and like I said before, and I think our hundredth episode, uh, I've really liked it. Like I haven't gotten to the main campaign yet. I've been too busy with work and other things to really get into the main campaign. But I like I like it. It's a fun game. It definitely still. Ca- I mean, that could all. I could also be very heavily biased because it's Star Wars. But the all the modes are fun. The Starfighter Assault, I actually feel like a like a badass pilot in because of the changes and upgrades they made to that. It's still a very beautiful game. The characters and environments are rendered very well. And honestly, the the I will agree that the leveling up system for the for each class and different th- and ch- equipping and upgrading your cards and your abilities and different things like that, a little confusing, but not bad. It's I, I have yet to play a game where I'm just like, that dude's destroying me. Yeah. Then that's because really of good he's point. like higher level. Yeah. And granted, that's because it's even playing field. Nobody can go and, you know, other than just playing a lot more than me, you're not going to get a higher character by spending money on it. But so it's like, it's, it's a great game. It's a fun game. I really like it. Uh, it's much better in just terms of all the weapons, locations and things like that. And number of maps and stuff like that, as opposed to the, uh, as opposed to 2015 battlefront. So, I mean, it's fun. I, I think it, at this point, you know, EA's learned the lesson that they're going to learn. So I, I if you really if you want to get if you want to pick it up now, like I I, I won't blame you. <laughs> I've already bought it, so <laughs> you know it's just like it, I don't think it had it had the microtransactions and they went ahead and launched with that. Yes, terrible. But since they didn't do that, I, I I don't know. I don't think it's that bad of a game. And hopefully, it, just like you said, hopefully they heard that message and oh, actually sure. took it to heart and will enact this fallout to future bettering their business practices. Yes, yes, definitely so. So the news of Anthem and everything is actually a pretty good segue into the main topic in that it was also recently announced later earlier this week that EA, it was rumored heavily or not even heavily rumored just rumored that microsoft was looking to possibly be acquiring a big studio one of those studios being ea the other being PUBG corp and valve 
And Valve, that's right. So three huge names in gaming are being thrown around as potentials. Again, right. super gossipy. Super gossipy. All rumors that Microsoft might be trying to acquire one of these other really big and well-known studios. Right. Which, when I heard EA in particular, I was like, no. Well, that's kind of my reaction, too. I was like, what? And but yeah. so that's what kind of spurred this and made this this whole topic and this whole show going to be about Microsoft and the Xbox exact, exactly in their exclusives is because, as I said earlier in the episode, as a bit of a background to this, the Xbox has really Microsoft has really focused on building hardware for Xbox. Yeah. We have the Xbox One S and now the Xbox One X. And because of the Xbox One X and the power and performance that it was getting, they were able to go back and release remastered or patches, ex, you know, expanded editions for a lot of older games that were now going to be like played in 4K, you know, here's, you know, and t- fully take advantage of the mass power behind this Xbox One X. But my big complaint as one who does have an Xbox One is especially compared to the PlayStation and even the Switch now, they are lacking in games. I mean, so this is... Exclusive games. I want to preface this real quick by saying the one thing that I think Microsoft is doing very well. I'm about to put a point on the board for Xbox, even though Zach isn't here. Uh, The one thing that I think Microsoft is knocking out of the park is, in fact, its backwards compatibility library. For sure. Because they have made a huge concerted effort to bring original Xbox and a ton of Xbox 360 titles into the new age for, and and not just um, in terms of their internal library software, like online games. We're talking like you can insert your old disc from the 360 into the Xbox One X and it'll still play. Yeah. And that's something that the PS4 does not have. So that's something that they can really tout as being, hey, our backwards compatibility is outpacing our competitors. Yeah. And that's something that I think is a good move on their part. Definitely. And I would like to see them continue that trend. I would too, because especially with, I mean, I have so many PlayStation games, but well, like, especially things with uh, like, Last of Us, Horizon Zero Dawn. I don't want there ever to become a day where I'm like, huh, can't play it. My PS4 from 30 years ago is broken. Exactly. And that's and when I'm in the mood to play Horizon Zero Dawn and Last of Us again 30 years from now, I'm exactly. going to be pissed. And at this point, Microsoft even came out and said, I think in a news statement, or maybe it was an interview, that part of the reason that they don't have more of those really old titles on the Xbox One yeah. S and X is more to do with copyright and less to do with the actual hardware, which is, so when a patent for a game or a copyright expires or gets old enough in its stage, it can be really hard to get a hold of those rights again. Oh yeah, for sure. So just by nature of them being so old, part of that is just caught up in legal, which is not their fault. Right. So the fact that they're even trying and that they're even putting their resources into that facet of the Xbox is kudos to them. So that's something I think that they are doing well and should continue to do well. Yep, agreed, agreed. So all of that to say, with this news of them recently trying to come uh, to possibly being acquiring somebody else or looking to acquire somebody else, and also with new services they're launching like the Xbox Game Pass, or they have launched like the Xbox Game Pass, basically we wanted to theorize and toss around some different things of what that means and what possibly they'd be trying to do. So to go back to it, yeah, I heard EA and I was like, what? No. No. Like, I could see possibly Valve. I could see possibly uh, PUBG because PUBG already ha- is Xbox exclusive and PC. 
And it's possibly coming to PS4 at some point, but like it, it's probably not going and to. And the thing is, I think that PUBG Corp at least makes the most sense in my mind, less from the perspective yeah. of it's already an exclusive and more from the perspective of its gaming style and the user base that it has already attracted line up really well with Xbox's current user base. Yeah, agreed. So if they acquire PUBG Corp, presumably they're going to, A, make PUBG a really good and strong game when it does actually launch, which it's still... It, uh, it has yeah. officially now. Okay, okay. It, so it, it has, December 12th was its actual oh, okay. official launch. Gotcha. And so they'll continue to make that, obviously, a stronger game later on. They're obviously wanting it to continue way far down the line. And in the far future, maybe they will make new games for Microsoft that, again, if those were exclusives, that would be a huge driver for them. Yeah, very much so. And so that's kind of what the thing with Valve. Like, obviously, Valve, they make their own games. They haven't put it, been putting out as much lately, but, like, still, they're a developer with it. And they all Valve also owns like Steam and different yeah. things like that, which would help maybe make a better marketplace for Microsoft. EA and I've been lo- reading a couple other articles and different things like that. Like I read this one article on Forbes. Uh, I'll give you the article name in case anyone wants to go read it. Microsoft being buying EA for Xbox wouldn't make any sense by Paul Tassie. Concise. It, it, it is, and that pretty much it, it does make zero sense because of the main fact that. EA is more, you know, it's a publisher and developer, but they also own so many of their games are licensed games. Right. Star Wars, Madden, FIFA. You're not going to be able to in and other Disney things. You're not you're not going to be able to take that and basically cut tell those licenses and that's what this article is saying. You're not going to be able to tell Disney, uh, we're cutting your your customer base in half because now we own this and we're yeah. going to make all your games exclusive that that it makes no sense at all and something that's really interesting about that point in particular is that that raises a very old concern so you hopefully remember this or we wouldn't have known about it when it was happening because right. we were too young to understand yeah but we can now look back and recognize that microsoft's previous acquiring of other studios really didn't go well mm-hmm. uh the most successful studio that Microsoft has ever acquired was Bungie. And that was because of Halo. So that was a really good thing for them to have. And it obviously made the Xbox what it is today. Right. Xbox is Halo and Halo is Xbox. And those two things are so connected that you can never really separate them. Right. But eventually Microsoft lost Bungie. And now Bungie's iteration Destiny is actually outperforming Halo 5. Right, which because really Halo important. Five, which you know we've we've talked about that before with Zach and everything, is like I've loved all the Halo games as well. Haven't played as near as much as like Zach has, but Halo Five to me was a definite. Like I was like, this is not as good. Exactly, and so another thing to consider is that even with their most successful iteration of Bungie, older studios, for example, Lion. Lion's oh, Head? Yes, Lion's Head Studio, yeah. which was the Fable, Fable games. People. They just let that fall apart. Microsoft blatantly let Lion's Head fade into nothing. They canceled all plans for their Fable games. There's always going to be rumors, I think, yeah, that I there's a that new there's Fable new, game coming out. Coming and out I feel like it's the boy who cried Fable at this point, because it's like there's not going to be one. Guys, let it go. Right. It just seems like such a hash... Fake news. It's fake news, everybody. <laughs> but that also brings to them to one of what could have been a huge success, if not for licensing, Rare. Yeah. Rare made Donkey Kong Country. Rare made Banjo-Kazooie. Uh, Banjo Rare had tons of huge titles when it was a part of Nintendo because Rare had been acquired by Nintendo a long time ago and that gave rise to DK and Banjo-Kazooie, for example. But then when Microsoft acquired Rare, all of the licensing for those huge games 
stayed with Nintendo. Yep. So they got to keep all of the licensing. Rare did, did continue to make those games with Nintendo under those licensing agreements, but that meant that Microsoft really was getting essentially the short end of the stick, and they never capitalized on Rare's potential. They relegated Rare to like the waste bin, more or less. They had Rare make a bunch of Kinect games. The Kinect is now dead, and the only title we know of that's coming up that maybe hopefully will be a big splash for Rare is Sea of Thieves, which is one of the few exclusives that we know for sure is coming out in 2018. Right. So my point being, Microsoft's history with acquiring studios has not been that good. They have kind of let their acquirements just languish in limbo, and they haven't really had them churning out high-quality exclusive games for them, which seems like a failure on management's part. Why are they letting these games fade into nothing? And that may have led, at least in part, to a lot of Rare's team way back when, I think it was Gears of War 2, yeah. two or three was coming out. Uh, Rare was feeling really neglected because all of Microsoft's advertising and purchasing power was being hurled into Gears of War, and Rare was kind of going, why aren't we getting more support yeah. from our parent company? Yeah. And a lot of their team left. Both of Rare's founders left. They made Platonic Games. They made Ukulele. So that's just kind of bringing home, Microsoft has to take care of their acquisitions right. if they're going to acquire another studio. Well, and another on that, uh, Titanfall. The first Titanfall was Xbox exclusive. Titanfall 2, Respawn made it for both. So it's, you know. Another really big one that I know will hit home with you, The Witcher. Yeah. The original Witcher was Xbox exclusive. Yep, and Witcher and 2. 2 was also. It, but Witcher 3, the arguably the most well-received title, cross-platform. Yeah, and that's something that I don't know how that deal went down for Microsoft that they lost those rights yeah. to be the exclusive offering, but I think that's a huge failure on their part. Well, and now especially because uh, CD Projekt's next project, Cyberpunk 2077, is, you know, is going to, I mean, everybody's looking forward to the next CD Projekt Red project because it's going to, because they like, clearly uh, make you know what high you're doing quality product and, and you treat the players right. And so, I mean, yeah, if they had been able to lock down cyber, you know, project red for cyberpunk in 2077 and all that stuff, like, Oh my God, like they'd be like, I'd be like, yeah, you've got halo still. You have, you have gears of war still ish. I don't really remember how well gears of war four did. Uh, but then, you know, and having that, that's the thing, and that where it rivals with PlayStation is PlayStation just has all these great studios: uh, Naughty Dog, Sony Santa Monica, Bend, uh, to name a few. And they they always put out like you can count on those studios to put out great games. So anytime you hear that one of those is going to be like, "Hey, we got a new game coming up," money. Yeah, exactly. And that's a no-brainer. That seems like a no-brainer from a business perspective. So the question is really, in my mind, why isn't Microsoft making more of an effort for this? Yep. Leading to a couple of changes within Microsoft recently that make me think that they are probably going to make a much more concerted push towards exclusive games, even if they don't acquire a new studio. And that's because, of course, Phil Spencer got promoted, and he is now the head of gaming for yep. Microsoft. Yep. So he came on to Xbox, he came to Microsoft when Xbox was not doing that good. He made the best of an unfortunate situation, and they have seen at least some return on their investment, enough to put their faith in Phil Spector that he can bring it back around. Phil Spencer. Phil Spencer. Sorry. <laughs> I keep saying Phil Spector. <laughs> Sorry. Like, that's not, that's Isn't not... he like a criminal? Yeah. Yeah, and he's oh like a God. music producer. So. <laughs> oh, that's unfortunate. Phil Spencer, I'm so sorry. 
Uh, anyway, so Phil Spencer and what's his name? Satya. Nah. Oh, I'm not sure. Oh, I can't remember what his name is. He's like the CEO, though. It's like the CEO of Microsoft. Let me, uh, who uh, I can't remember his last name, but I'm pretty sure it's S A T Y A. Satya. Come on, come on. I know I'm right about this. Aha! Yeah, Satya Nadella. I was going to say Satya Nutella. <laughs> Don't close. judge me. I was close. So, Satya Nadella. I can't remember who he replaced, but he is arguably more, at least from a personal perspective, jazzed about games. Yeah. Like, he has a much more favorable view of the video game potential for Microsoft. Good. So between him and Phil Spencer, they I feel like they could hopefully turn things around and make more powerhouse exclusives for Xbox. That would also lead to the only acquisition uh, that I think would make a little bit of sense for them again is PUBG, but if they did acquire EA, I think that that could make up for something that Xbox is just brutally lacking of, which is games that don't fit into their standard user base. Mm -hmm. For example, Ori and the Blind Forest. Yep. That's a game that nobody would really think is, hey, Xbox kids will love that, or games like Cuphead. Indie games like that, I think, have tons of power to attract new users. I mean, Cuphead did just that. And EA has EA Originals, which is their indie studio. And they've come out with a couple of really good projects recently. So if Microsoft can somehow either acquire EA and get EA Originals by extension, or just make their own studio like Microsoft Originals, for example, yeah. that really has that big focus on indie gaming, I think that could be a huge boon for them. Well, and they did in last year's E3, they did make a big a big thing that they were going to have, I, I want to say like 40 exclusive indie titles coming to Xbox in the next few years. Now, what I want to see from them is quality on those. Correct, correct. And like they showed like a, a big slideshow montage of, of all the ones coming, and a couple of them piqued my interest. You know, one of them is and is actually the last night, which is one of Zach's. Ah, oh, that's right. Uh, Zach's anticipating right. games for this year. So, um, so the thing is, we've talked about this, and I looked to just kind of know like where it sits because obviously, you know, the other part of this that we were going to talk about was the Game Pass, which is the new service that Xbox that Microsoft launched, which is basically nine ninety nine a month you get a library of games that you can just play. It's basically Netflix, yeah, but for or games. What, wait, what was the old service? Uh, Gamefly. Gamefly. Which yeah. I think is still a thing. Gamefly is still out there. They've got to be pissed. Oh, for sure. <laughs> got to be so mad. Because you don't have to ever return anything. No, And you exactly. don't have late fees and all that stuff. It's basically, and, and so the whole big push with this now is there's, right now they only have 100, they say 100 plus games that you can play. But they recently, just within the last week or so, said, but you're going to be able to play exclusive games on launch day. Like, there's not going to be this waiting period like with Netflix where it's like, oh, is that, movie? that movie's been out for two months now, and now it's coming to Netflix. It's, it's pretty much launch day, you can play this game. So people are obviously like, oh, Sea of Thieves coming out, Crackdown 3. You know, people are starting to get really pumped about that. So this is the thing, and, and what the difference, but is that Microsoft seems to be laying the groundwork for something. You know, it's like they're they're setting they with the Xbox One X they've got performance. Yes. With uh, backward compatibility, they have a big you know a library of games that reaches from Xbox the very first Xbox to the Xbox One X. Now they also have uh, coming coming into that the Game Pass. Uh, game Pass. Thank you. I lost <laughs> my train of thought. And so so all those three things put together is a pretty good package. But still though, 
they need the game. And now I feel like, okay, you've, you've laid this groundwork. You know, you even have like the elite controller for the Xbox one and, you know, and all that. It's like, okay, cool. You, you've shown us you can, you can, you know, supply a, a product to a wide base of people and, you know, give a lot of different options, but you still need things on that system for people to do. And this year, unless they start announcing a whole bunch of stuff at E3 this year, and a couple of the other uh, shows that that are going on this year of things coming out, they are still way behind PlayStation and the Switch in terms of the number of exclusive games that are coming out. They so are. I went and looked and made up a list. Switch has uh, the PS4 is at the top, has 19 games going to come out this year. I know you didn't say it, but for a second I thought you said PS3, and I was like, what? The hell? Yeah, they're still coming out with... P- <laughs> that's how, on top of it, PlayStation that's is. That's how good PlayStation They're still saying, hey, you hardcore PS3 players out there, we've got you covered. <laughs> we've got you covered. <laughs> but uh, but so but so the PS4 is coming out with, ni- with 19 exclusive games. And tons of those. Like, let's uh, just go through a quick list of, like, the big ones coming out. Obviously, God of War, which I'm super stoked about. Uh, God of War coming out. Uh, Days Gone. That the, Spider-Man game the that Spider-Man, everybody's jazzed for. The Spider-Man, which looks... Pretty. Boo. I'm not, I don't think I'm going to play it just because normally superhero games like that aren't my thing. And I'm so Spider-Man'd out, I could puke. Same. Same. <laughs> For God's sake, Spider-Man, go um, somewhere else. <laughs> obviously, uh, Detroit Become Human. Ah, Shadow I am of the excited Colossus. for that one. Uh, and then a couple of other like smaller ones too, but they have like this impressive... Uh, a, a VR, a couple of even VR titles. Like they have one that's a, that's a sequel-esque to... Until Dawn, The Inpatient, that actually oh, I think it just right. came out already. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Uh, but yeah, so a ton of different things. Oh, and even this one, Gollum, which this is interesting. Gollum is from Haywire, or Highwire Studios, I believe, which was founded by Marty O'Donnell, who's the composer for oh Halo. Oh my God, really? So it's Ooh, like, they're gonna they couldn't like even OST snatch up. off the chain. Oh, for sure. But oh. also the, pa- the, pa- the <laughs> point that... Microsoft had Martin O'Donnell working for them for so long doing, you know, with Halo and all that stuff. And where and, he be now. And he's with Sony. <laughs> so that's kind of a thing there. Um, oh, and then the long-awaited dreams, which I don't even care about that game anymore because it has taken so long to come out. Yeah, let's just pretend that uh, it's not a problem. So, obviously, huge titles coming out. And then uh, and then there's still the promise of The Last of Us Part Two and different things like that on the horizon. Um, so, that's big. Like, those are heavy hitting games. <coughs> and then the Switch is second. It has 15 confirmed exclusives so far for 2018. Uh, obviously some big heavy hitters in there, although some of these are remasters and going back, but some right. as were the same with the PS4. For example, the Bayonetta's 1 and 2. Bayonetta That's a 1 remaster, and 2. But still, they are the only one with those rights, and as we talked about before we started, we were kind of joking around like, hey, do you think the Xbox is sad that they lost the rights to Bayonetta? Probably. Yeah. Because now they can't even get the combined one out, and of course they never had Bayonetta 2, and it's like, I wonder if they kind of regret that now. Yeah, because Bayonetta has a huge fan base. Plus, and I can see why they're, why Platinum Games is choosing the Switch over any other provider because uh, I think it was Xbox. Microsoft scrapped Platinum Games Project Scalebound. Oh, yeah. Which people were really excited about and they just kicked it to the curb. Yep. And it's like, bruh, people really wanted that game. What are you doing? A and game where you ride in like five massive dragons. Yeah, and yeah, Platinum Games makes killer games. Yeah. What is you doing, Microsoft? But as uh, but then obviously with you know the Donkey Kong Country or Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze you know bi- that's a remaster but still big the new point Kirby for me. Games, Kirby Battle Royale and Kirby ba- some uh, of the others coming Kirby down the Star line. Star Allies, uh, this new Mario Tennis game, obviously the Labo. So you know there's so many things. Oh, and the Yoshi game. Oh yeah, I mean I keep forgetting. You gotta go out. watch I the trailer know, for that. I gotta do it. What am I doing? Uh, so you know obviously that. 
Okay, so we're sitting here then. PS4, 19 games. Switch, 15 games. How many do you think? You've probably already seen it on my list. But no, I actually many, didn't look because I thought it just said PS3 on the whole thing. Oh, just how many can't. do you think Xbox has? Four. Nine. Oh, okay. I wasn't far because I only said four because I know Sea of Thieves and a couple of others, and then I was optimistically guessing a fourth one. Yeah. Still nine. Just nine. Uh, and what are those games? So, uh, yeah, let me pull those up here. Because at least the majority of them, I know I care no craps for. Same. Like Sea of Thieves, I, th- that really isn't doing anything for me. I mean, it looks like it might be fun, but it seems like such a strange iteration for Xbox because it appears to me, at least at face value, to be geared towards children. Yes. Which baffles me. Same. Because the idea of a cooperative... Granted, it's made by Rare. Yeah, it's made by Rare. So uh, A, I'm happy to see that they are letting Rare do anything because they're an amazing... Or at least at one point, they were an amazing studio. Right. But it just, I don't know. I'm going to have to actually see that game in action to decide even what my feelings on it are. Same. And I even saw at E3 this last year, they played a huge bit of, a, they had a huge chunk of their show, of the Microsoft showcase was dedicated to Sea of Thieves. And I was, it was, I was like, I'm bored with this. They played it for like seven, eight minutes. And I was like, I, I don't You're care. You're bored after eight minutes. I don't know. Just something about it. Yeah. It just doesn't set right with me. But so we got Sea of Thieves. But obviously, I know it's like a very big anticipated game for a lot of yeah. people. So who knows? Could be who knows? Maybe it'll be the Dark Horse hit of 2018, oh, and yeah. we're just not and giving just, it the time of day. Yeah, we could be. We could be the ones who are wrong in history. Uh, then they also got the game Ashen. Never heard of it? Nope. Uh, Black Desert Online. Never which heard is a of it. PC game uh, is actually oh, okay. making its way now. So it's making its way onto Xbox. So oh, okay. not even really. So like, that's not even really a new game then? No. Mm. Crackdown 3. People uh, are excited for Crackdown. Yeah. That's one of the ones that people are actually jazzed for. Deep Rock Galactic, The Darwin Project. Never heard of it. The Last Night. That one sounds cool. State of Decay 2. Don't know what that is. It's a zombie game. Okay. But notice, and I think it's because a lot of these games are uh, are indies. Um, yeah. Like Ashen is an indie. Uh, Deep Rock Galactic, I'm pretty sure, is an indie. Which I'm not saying that I don't appreciate indies. Obviously, and I Darwin do. Darwin Project is an indie, for but sure. my concern is why doesn't Xbox have AAA exclusive yeah, titles? Yeah, they need like I get it. Indie games are great, and like I've, I've still put, haven't had a chance to dive into it yet. But damn it, I'm gonna play Cuphead one of these days. Eventually, someday, someday, <laughs> I'm gonna get to it. But still, no, it's like indie games have such a massive barrier to entry that people have to get over to want to play it. Because they're like, I don't know anything about this. I don't know anything about the studio. I know nothing about if this game's going to be good. Whereas AAA games... Granted, AAA games had to jump that same hurdle. But AAA games are established games now. And I was going to say, but with the introduction of Xbox Pass, Game Pass, that could be a huge catalyst for helping indie games get off the ground within Xbox exclusives. Definitely. So that I can absolutely see the integration and hopefully what I think is the direction they're wanting to take that. Because I feel like that one-two punch of, hey, we've got all these cool indie games. Also, if you have Game Pass, you really don't even have to pay for them per se beyond your general subscription. That seems like a winning combo to me. So I hope that they will continue to expand on that and make games that will make people want to buy the Xbox and get Xbox Game Pass because what if they launch Game Pass or it already has launched and it doesn't go anywhere. Right. 
Because, I mean, it's always a concern that you might have a subscription service, but what if you don't have subscribers because you don't have the titles that are attracting people? Well, and it's because at this point, too, everybody has a subscription streaming service. And, I mean, so that's the thing. That's why people pick Netflix versus Hulu, yep. Amazon Prime versus whatever else. It's because you're buying the titles, not the service. Right. And that's the whole thing. Xbox Game Pass isn't going to be anything without the titles. Yep. That's what Microsoft needs more than anything else in my opinion. And to be fair, and to just say, PlayStation also has something similar. Play, play, PS Now. Yeah, they've got PS Now. And, and, but the me, like to me, this, do, like I'm not going to buy Games Pass and I'm not going to buy PS Now because I, if it's something that I like and that I love, I want to own it. Good you know point. what I mean? Yeah, like, I don't, good point. I don't want to be like, man, I really want to play this game and oh, it's not. But what it like you already said, what if you don't know? What if you don't know if you're going to like something? That's true. And I feel like that's the gap that Xbox Game Pass could fill. It could say, hey, you can try this game, and it's totally technically free to you because you already have Game Pass. Right. And then if you found that you loved a game, I feel like hardcore gamers like us will happily buy a title that we're in love with. You know, I used to go to the library, for example, and rent games back in ye olden really? days. Really? I didn't even know you Yeah. Dude, our library had all kinds of stuff in it. I had a very small town library. Or so that Blockbuster, makes sense. for example. Uh, back in the day, my, places like Blockbuster would have games. And if I really loved a game that I found by renting it or by playing it in somebody else's house, I would happily buy it. Or for example, demos. So my hope is that Game Pass will be the portal to long-term sales. Yes. So, I mean, we haven't really solved Microsoft's issue. Like, we've just talked a little bit more than we no ever have allowed. No one can solve Microsoft's issues, but Phil Spector and friends, Phil Spencer. <laughs> there you go. They're going to team up. <laughs> uh, but, you know, because, I mean, obviously... We're not there. We don't know what the, what they're going through. They, have. they probably have, I mean, to their credit, they probably have a plan. Like, they're probably banging their heads against the wall for years trying to solve this problem. So right. I feel like we are seeing enough signs that a conclusion is coming. What that conclusion will be, we can only cross our fingers and hope for the best. Right, right. But uh, but still, it's been good to go and dive into this a little bit more just due to, you know, we've, we've it's been this thing that we've mentioned and I've thought, been wanting to do this topic for a while and just now that with all the recent news, it's made it really a good time to do it. But it, it, it really seems, and I anticipate like maybe in the next couple of years is when there will be the tipping point where Microsoft comes back. They laid this groundwork. They took the time to develop a killer system. Because, I mean, no denying, the Xbox One X is a great console. I mean, it's a great piece of hardware. Yeah. But it's useless hardware if you don't have the games to play Exactly. On. Which makes me feel like, I mean, you, they might have gone a little backwards with that. But whatever. That's rehashing an old, an old point. But still, so they've got this killer hardware. And another point to their credit, they have like a fun way to, to accessorize. They have the Nintendo Design Lab where you can b they, design and make your own. And I think get your you just controller. said the Nintendo Design Lab. Sorry, Xbox. <laughs> Man, we're tripping all over each other. Like the words, we're, we're, what we're meaning to say is not coming out. <laughs> Microsoft teamed up with Nintendo for a new and customization. Phil, and Phil Spector. And Phil Spector. <laughs> but, uh, but no, so, it's, so they have the Xbox Design Lab where you can go online and design your own controller. Which I'm not going to lie, scheme. that is super cool. Oh, I've been, like if they I've been had, playing around in it. If they had I'm that on PlayStation, one. I would happily shell out hella dollars to get my own personal because I want one that's like team chat colors I want one that's just cool colors that I like put together I want one that says neat healing <laughs> there you go like it's a it, it's they have all these little cool things but let's but yeah again Microsoft like we're waiting to see what when are you gonna wow us again? yeah 
When just, are you going to wow us? Just come back out of the gate with a huge slap to the face of, here's our game, and if you're not playing it, sucks for you. It blows my face Blows back. everybody's just, faces like, off. <laughs> Sony quivers. <laughs> Nintendo shakes in their boots. Well, Nintendo never shakes in their boots. No, Except for the Wii like, U years. We don't talk about those. No, no, no. That's old history by now. It's Water under the bridge. Nobody cares. Nobody remembers. <laughs> exactly. And hopefully... We're in the age of the Switch now. Eventually, this period for Microsoft, I feel like, kind of is their Wii U, more or less, because yeah. it's their downslope. Well, and it's just, hopefully we will see a similar resurgence where they bring it back hardcore. And I would imagine we would, because all this is cyclical. Like, yeah. you know, Nintendo was killer in the 90s. Exactly, yeah, then it's all a cycle. Off. Then, you know, in everything, it didn't, and weren't, I mean, still doing good, but not doing as good. Then they came to the Wii U and they did real bad. But now here they are, sitting with the Switch, doing hella good. Exactly. And then, you know, PS, Play, Sony PlayStation, yeah, they struggled getting the, the PlayStation off the ground before, you know, and getting it going. Uh, I feel like the PS2, the PS2 era had some good games. PS3 also, like I feel like, had a rocky start, but then picked up and did really well. And then obviously the PS4 has been consistently good. Oh yeah. So I would imagine, like, and Microsoft, they owned the early the 2000 to 2010 was was like that was Microsoft's time to shine. Like, yeah. It, maybe even to 2013 because that's I think when Halo Three came out. No, that's Gosh, too was late. it that recently? No, no, I was no, about no. to say there's that no way. That might be Halo Four. Halo yeah. Four. I'm wrong. Um, and so, yeah, three was 2009. Okay. Gotcha. And so that sounds more right. So yeah, so 2000, 2010 was like, that was Microsoft's prime time to shine. And now, so it's like, it would make sense that they're on a down curve and about to come back up, but yeah. we'll wait and see eagerly waiting. But yeah, I would be surprised if anything to circle back to what got this conversation started. I would be surprised if any of these acquisitions that have been going around get actually happen. The only one again that I think is realistic, at least for me is PUBG Corp. I think if Microsoft acquires them, A, it will make sense, and B, it could presumably be a really good acquisition for them. Uh, my concern, of course, is any studio that Microsoft acquires, I just don't want them to let them fall into obscurity again. Yeah. Well, and because, too, right now, PUBG is, and obviously not saying that they're just going to be a blind to all market signs and stuff like that. But right now the battle Royale format is the hot thing. It is. But yeah. They've kind of got the edge on a growing trend and they need to capitalize they on that. They need to capitalize on that, but they also need to be aware of when that trend ends. And so if, you know, Xbox or Microsoft throws all their eggs into the PUBG basket and then they spend all this time developing and creating and just, you know, adding on to PUBG, but then everybody one day is like, you know what, I'm really tired of uh, Battle Royale. Then they're going to be in the same issue again and, you know, f suffer the same fate as some of these other studios that they've acquired in the past that we were talking about earlier. Right. But who knows? We'll wait and see. Obviously, we, like we said, we're not executives at Microsoft. I mean, we hopefully. We're just podcasters pondering the possibilities. Hopefully by the end of 2018 slash early 2019, this board will be full of points for Xbox. This is true. Fingers crossed, everybody. I, I don't, even though I hate them, I don't want to see them fail. because I, I like Xbox. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I prefer PS4 more, but I don't hate Xbox. But someday, maybe that won't be the case. Maybe, maybe someday like, Xbox will be a whole new thing. <laughs> exactly. Like, so, who knows? Well, it's a lot of conjecture. A lot of pondering, a lot of wheeling and dealing, ideas rolling around. A lot of blind shooting into the dark exactly. over this here. This could mean absolutely nothing, but still, it was fun to go into and to, and to kind of go through some of what what we think Microsoft might be planning. But before we go, we do have a song contest for this week given to us by Mogan. First of all, when you do eventually reveal what the full track is. You gotta go listen to the full song. Oh, I don't know what this is. It's one of the most killer tracks I've heard in 
four years. Ooh. At least. Possibly even five years. So the hint is, I didn't know corpses were proper attire for the opera. One more time. I didn't know corpses were proper attire for the opera. Hmm. Real, real head scratcher, that I one. I know, I'm trying to think. I mean, that sounds like a zombie game, but I, I don't didn't, think it is. Oh, you'll, we'll see. I didn't know corpses were proper attire for the opera. And when you hear the track, your face is going to melt off. It's so good. Okay. Yeah, okay. it's amazing. I'm excited to hear this one. But there you have it. And for those who don't know, the song contest goes live Wednesday, 9 a.m., the day after this episode airs. First person, We'll put a post out on Facebook and Twitter. First person to correctly respond to those posts with the correct game will get to send us a song and hint for a future episode. Just like Moby did. Just like I did last week. And if you should do the week before that, you could be next. You could be it could be you. <laughs> it could be you. So stick around till after our close to be able to hear the hint, the, to hear the song for this week. But with that, that concludes this episode of Team Chat Podcast. Until next time, I'm one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined to my right by Rachel Mogan. Adios. We'll see you all next time. Stick around with the song.